This is the Relevant Life Church podcast, where we are about connecting with God, relating to people, and reaching our world. Tune in as our church goes through this week's teaching in God's Word. I have missed you so much as I look out and I see faces and my family, you're my family, and I'm so glad to be able to be here. Uh, I want to say wow uh, to your huge amount of love and giving to our community and to our world. Yeah, I, just, as, I, as I was away, uh, the Maui fires, as you heard about, as well as we had a neighborhood fire. But out of that, there was $1,000 that was donated to the Maui fires, to Convoy of Hope. Out of that uh, also was apartment fire. The apartment fires, $1,300 donated, two beds. And then uh, $650 cash came in this week in addition to for, for another bed. Can I, could, would you give you guys a round of applause? How amazing is that? I was sharing, bragging on you, boasting about you, not about me because I wasn't here, but boasting about you to a pastor friend. And they're going, how does that even happen when you're not even there? And I'm going, because the mission of God goes on without Kevin or with Kevin. Right? Isn't that how it should be? The mission of God goes on regardless of. And thanks to our amazing team that stepped in and did all that. Uh, Wow, what what an amazing time. We've been gone for, it feels like, an entire decade, but it's been only a month. Uh, can I, t- I just want to say real quickly before I step into my message, thank you so much to our generous board who empowers us, but also encourages us to take our five weeks, um, and tolerates it that I do it all at one time. And I, and I, I did that. Can I tell you, we had such a blessed time. We went on a cruise and had a blast had on a cruise, came back and I drove to Montana. I got to spend a week with my mom and with my brother that I haven't seen for a bit. Uh, got to come back and spend four days with my amazing grandkids. Uh, got to spend a week with all that sporadically with my wife. And then my wife and I got to get away on our last weekend and and go to the coast. Uh, some amazing friends let us use their condo. And what, what, what an amazing time. What a refreshing time. I'm ready to be home. I'm ready to be home. And I feel refreshed. I desperately, desperately needed it. So thank you. Thank you for letting me go. Thank you for being faithful. Thank you for such an amazing team behind the scenes. Would you give them a round of applause? Can I tell you? The word of God was not compromised while we were gone. The word of God went forward with strength and with faith. And I'm so proud of them. Each of them did such an amazing job. And you kept on coming and you kept on being the the church and doing the work of the ministry. Because that's what what Ephesians tells us, right? To do the work. You do the work of the ministry and you made it happen. So thank you so very much. One real real quick announcement. Uh, Connect groups just opened up this week. We would love, love. Everyone say love. We would love for you to participate in a connect group. Uh, It's three weeks, going to be three weeks this fall. It starts at the beginning of October. Uh, Would you go on to our uh, app? I was going to say our portal. (laughs) Uh, Would you go on to our app and would you sign up today? Would you find a connect group and sign up today? Everyone say today. Honestly, don't miss this opportunity. It's three short weeks, but I can tell you it's going to be power-packed as we gather together on Wednesday nights. Build relationships, dive into God's word, and uh, say, I'm going to sign up. Turn to your neighbor right now and say, sign up. Already did. I love it. Good job. Good job. This is us. This is us. Everyone say it. This is us. I don't know if you remember this or not, because I don't think it's been happening all the way on, but... Me plus you equals us. 
Come on, do it with me. Me plus you equals us. Oh, some of you are doing it, some of you are not. I'm going to do it again. Come on. Me plus you equals us. Can I tell you, that's connect groups. Me plus you equals us is what brings us together. But this is us. This is what we've been dialoguing over the last several weeks, that who are we, who are we at Relevant Life Church set out to be? Who are we supposed to be? And, uh, and you can say, well, we're all supposed to be Christ followers. Well, that is true, but we're wanting to come down and go, how do, what defines us as a church? What do we want to define us as a church? Being a Christ follower is the epitome of all of it, and that's one of the core values, but can I tell you that there are character traits that go along with that, and we've been walking through several of these uh, uh, core values as we've been looking at. Jesse did an amazing job on serving. Come on, let's tell him. Larry did an amazing job on Christ-centered. Trenton came and did uh, relevant and Holy Spirit-led. And Allie did last week relational. Come on, were these not good sermons, right? Yeah. And I get the privilege of stepping in today uh, to talk about character. Uh, a hard topic, but a, a favored topic. I hope, that you, I hope you're able to hold on, put your seatbelt on, because it's going to be really clear. Trenton's uh, preaches next week on worship, and then we're going to end the series with missional, and you're going, well, some of these are, got overlooked. How many know that we're a Bible-based church? We just did an entire series on the Bible. Uh, we're a praying church, and we're going to be doing an entire series on prayer in November, so we're, we're going to smatter them all through here, and then just in life, we're all supposed to be intentional, right? And we try to promote it multi-generational with all of all that we're doing. So where have we been? Where are we going? Today, I want to talk about character, the title of it, the who, the who defines the do. The who defines the do. Would you say that with me? The who defines the do. What, you know, many times people come back and go, well, you know, is that really even true? Can I tell you, who you, def- who you are defines how you live. Who you are as a person defines how you live in life. Who you are is revealed by how you live your life. How many can see that in your own life? How I'm re- my, my character is re- revealed in how I make decisions and how I have personal disciplines and if I tell the truth or not and how I handle my money. Who I am is defined by all of those things. When I talk to you about this idea of who, I'm not referring to a physical trait. I'm not talking about, well, Kevin's tall and he's good looking and he's wearing blue this morning. Even though all those are true, right? (laughs) I'm not talking about our physical traits. I'm talking about who are you in the very center of who you are. Who you are defines how you live. When I, with this idea of, uh, of, of, of this character, what kind of person are you? Our core value statement that we have is living with the realization that our life's impact. How many know that all of us have a life impact? It's either good or it's bad. All of us in this room may not have the equal life impact, but all of us will have a life impact. I want you to grasp this this morning, that your life impact Every, you have one, whether it's on a scale that is on, a, on the scale of somebody else's, your life will impact somebody. So again, living with the realization that our life's impact is not based on what we do, but who we are becoming through our relationship with Jesus Christ. Everyone say, who am I becoming? 
Who am I becoming? And my question to you this morning is, who are you becoming? Who are you becoming? Who have you become? Who are you now and where are you going? This is a journey. This is a process that takes place in our lives. As you look back over your life, can you see where you were, but where you are today? Can you see where you've become something different than what you were? Maybe that's good. Maybe that's bad. Maybe you haven't changed at all. Maybe it's just neutral. Maybe there, and I'm not, again, I'm not talking about physical traits. I'm talking about who are you as a person in your morality, in your character? Who are you, the core of who you are? I want to tell you a character developing story in my life. I think I might have shared it before, but I was in my early 20s, stepped out of college with all the answers, stepped into ministry with all the answers, stepped into a church that had all the answers, and um, I was there to save the world. Uh, My wife was my partner in ministry, partner in crime, whatever you want to call it, and we were passionate, young and passionate and vivacious, and in the process of all that, God began to bless our lives. The reason is, is because... In the process of life, God gives gifts and abilities. God gives gifts and abilities, and he gives you, empowers you to do certain things. And I slipped into a spot where I was in my element, and I was doing rather good things. I had a large youth group, and I was being recognized. And in that process of being recognized in our network, I was commissioned to coordinate many of our summer camps that were up at Camp Davidson back in the day. And I remember being a little bit full of myself. Anybody have those moments when you were, I mean, we've all grown past that now today, haven't we, I hope? There's still times I think I can probably be a little bit too full of me, but uh, I must decrease and he must increase, amen? But I remember going to this camp and thinking, I am something. Here I am, I've been recognized, I'm cool, look at the size of group I have, and look at my abilities, and I get a, I get a, hang out with the speakers that are nationwide speakers and I get to coordinate and I get a rule, rule over all this little, this little ant of people, this place. And in the process of all that in my gifting, I didn't have character to sustain my gifts. And I remember one camp I was there and I had a student or one of the youth pastors who had come Someone I had went to college with at Northwest University. We had, were acquaintances. I wouldn't say that we were friends. He was there. And in my arrogance and in my youngness and lack of character, I badmouthed this individual. And in the process of badmouthing this individual, this individual came and confronted me with it. There was no way that I could backpedal. Have you ever been put in a situation where there is no way you can backpedal? Oh, no, you misunderstood. (laughs) No, there was no way I could backpedal. And can I tell you, as uncomfortable as that moment was in my life, it was a character-changing moment in my life. It revealed this chasm in my life, in my soul, that was not right. It revealed an arrogance and a pride that God's going, I don't want any part of this. Can I tell you that I apologize to that individual? And what's difficult today uh, is in my overthinking brain, I still see this individual at every single minister's function. Can I tell you, I believe it's probably the thorn in the flesh like Paul had. (laughs) Because it's God going, Kevin, don't forget. Remember, I know. 
Remember, he knows. Can I tell you today, him and his graciousness, him and his personality, him and his love, almost every single time I see him, he comes and gives me a hug and I feel this big. But can I tell you what has done in me is I've had to go, God, you've forgiven me. I have to forgive myself. And I'm different today. I was in a process of becoming. Who are you becoming? Our life is filled with these becoming moments. Today, you may come from this context and go, I am broken. I'm broken. I have this, this fractured life and I've done too many things wrong. Can I tell you today before we even get into this sermon, God is a God of redemption. God wants to redeem your character. God has you on a journey. He has you on a process of not just being, but becoming something. And it's through this process that we gain understanding. Our core value, as I said again, living with the realization that our life's impact is not based on what we do, but on who we are becoming through our relationship with Jesus Christ. Philippians chapter 1, verse 11. I brought my Bible up here, but I grabbed my wrong translation this morning. So grab your Bibles with me. I wanted to see you have them. Grab them if you have, and if, if you're uh, going to uh, pull up your phone, do all that. I'm going to not read out of my Bible because I don't want to confuse you with the screen. This is actually NLT on the screen, and I forgot to grab my NLT this morning when I left my house. Psalms 1, verse 11. Paul said this. May you always be filled with the fruit of your salvation. May you always be filled with the fruit of your salvation, the righteous character produced in your life by Jesus Christ, for this will bring much glory and praise to God. I don't know about you, but if Paul didn't go on with the second or the middle part of this passage of scripture, I think you and I would oftentimes be confused with what is the fruit of our salvation? The fruit of my salvation is blessing, the fruit of my salvation is mercy, is grace. The fruit of my salvation is all these things that I get to receive from God, right? But Paul goes on in this statement. He goes, the fruit of my salvation, and he gives us this blip here of definition. He says, the righteous character produced in your life by Jesus Christ. Can I tell you today that your walk with God is not all about blessing and grace and mercy and all these things that God gives you, even though they're there? Can I tell you the reason that God saved you is not just to get you to heaven. The reason God saved you is to produce in you a righteous character that represents Christ. That's why when you're saved, when you come and you say, dear Jesus, forgive me of my sins, that he doesn't go, okay, your time's up. I'm taking you to heaven. He goes, I'm going to leave you on this planet because I want your character to grow. I'm going to leave you on this planet because I want to test your character. I want to produce in you this life, this this righteous character that is brought on by knowing Christ. And it says it's going to bring much glory and praise to God. I'm jumping to the end of my sermon here before I even get there, but I want to ask you, does your life bring much praise to God? Does the character of your life represent him in such a way that people look at you and go, man, you serve a great God? Or do they look at you and go, man, you're a great person? This fruit of our salvation, this word character is the combination of an individual's personal beliefs, values, and morals, which reveal the very true nature of an individual. So as you sit here and you're listening to this message this morning, I want you to begin to ask yourself, what do I believe? What do I value? What are my morals? 
A person's character is a, is a dynamic force that shapes all of our decisions, our beliefs, our values, our morals, shape our decisions, shape our relationships, shape our behaviors, and ultimately they shape our destiny. How many believe that that's true about your character? When's the last time you stopped and thought about your character? When's the last time you stopped and thought about how, am I, how I live my life really does matter? Can I tell you that we can go through the motions so often that we get up in the morning going, I just got to get through the day and I don't care how I get through the day. If I tell someone off, if I flip someone off, if I fail, whatever it is, who cares? I got through the day. Can I tell you to God, it matters how you get through the day. It should matter how to you, how you get through the day. National Institute of Health, a secular institution. I want you to hear this. This, is, this was just published in 2021. It says, moral character is formed by one's actions. The habits, actions, and emotional responses of the person of a good character are all united and directed toward the moral and the good. Because human beings are body-soul unities. How many know that we're a body-soul unity? We're a body-soul and spirit according to Scripture. That the actions of the body are actions of the self. That is, human beings are self-possessing and self-governing and self-determining. Now, we know that there is a spirit that governs over us, so I'm not using this as all scripture this morning. But can I tell you, you are self-determining in how you behave. You are self-possessing in your character and what you choose to do. He goes on, goes on to say this, in order to be of good character, one must know the good. To him who knows what is right, the Bible says, let him do it. We must know the good. If we've got this book, we're empowered to know the good. We must know the good, act in morally good ways, and be disposed and inclined toward the good through the development of virtues in our lives. Character and action are intertwined so intimately that our duties or even what is perceived by others as, our, as one's duties, cannot override one's conscience without negatively impacting or affecting or changing one's character. So therefore, what you say you are, you best be doing, because if you're not doing it, it's impacting you negatively. For the person to be of good character, it is vital that he or she follow his or her conscience in, things, in all things, in private life and in professional life. Character cannot be separated from the person. To be of good character means that one's habits, actions, and emotional responses are all united and directed toward the moral and the good. In this, in this public actions cannot be separated from private actions. Many of us go, back, go through life going, it doesn't matter what I do in private. It's none of their business. In our culture today, this in an independent culture, we're going, it's none of your business what I do in my private life. Can I tell you, in God's eyes, it's everybody's business. In God's eyes, how we live in private and how we live in public, are, they coincide. They're not to be separated. Not only do actions reflect the goodness or badness of one's character, one's actions also change one's character. Have you noticed that? That if you behave bad, your character turns bad. If you behave good, your behavior changes good, right? The more one does an immoral action or recommends an immoral action for others, the more it becomes part of one's character to be the type of a person who condones immoral actions. In order to be of good character, one must not only know and desire the good, one must also pursue it and do it both private and publicly. This is a secular article. 
They're coming and they're talking about this thing called character. And I ask you today, as I look at our culture, does character even matter anymore? Does character even matter anymore? Does character matter to you? Does your character matter to you? Are you more concerned with someone else's character and judging their character and judging their areas of weakness than you are judging yourself? Does character matter anymore? I want to tell you today that, yes, it does matter. In this world that often glorifies superficial achievements, do we care if people are even trustworthy? Do we care if someone tells the truth? Do we care if someone's loyal? Do we care if someone has integrity? Do we care if someone is endeavoring to live an upright life? Can I tell you today, in our world that is so self-absorbed, that says, I'm not going to change for anybody, we're full of us. And we're making us, ourselves, as God, going, my character is the right character, whether it's the right character or not. As Christ followers today, as people that wear the label Jesus Christ on our chest, as we wear that label upon our lives, we should be defined by him, not by us. You're going to get me on my soapbox just for a moment. I honestly struggle today with the lack of character that I see in our culture. That's not me coming and saying I'm better than. But I can tell you, I'm shocked with what we tolerate. I'm shocked with what we excuse. I'm shocked with what we accept. We've exalted gifting over character. We've exalted charisma and how someone can make us laugh and how someone can make us feel over this thing called character that is represented before God. Can I tell you today, I love the person with gifts and, char and charisma, but can I tell you, I will pick a person of character any day. Can, I count on you, can I trust you? Are you real? I'm not asking for perfect. Are you humble enough to take responsibility? How many love it when someone can take responsibility for a misact? Are you humble enough to apologize? Are you a person of your word? Are you on time? Do you communicate? Do you do what you say you're going to do when you say you're going to do it? Do you answer your phone? Do you return a phone call? Do you respond to an email? Do you respond to text in a timely manner? Do you always have an excuse or do you accept responsibility? Can I tell you, those are things as we look at our world today to step back and go, no, all of those speak about your character and my character. They speak about a standard in our life. And they're symptoms of something else. Today, as a Christ follower, as a pastor, I hold my character in high esteem. I don't come and say that I'm perfect because I can tell you, it's a by far stretch of the word, I am not perfect. I make mistakes, hate to say it, probably every single day of my life. I am a work in progress. I am becoming like Christ. Right? Everyone say, I'm becoming we're all just like you. We're all just like one another. We're becoming. But I can tell you that I'm very conscious and conscientious about my character, about what God sees, but also what you see. What God sees and what my family sees. I endeavor to live my life in such a way that I'm the same at home as I am in church. 
Now, if you would have saw me yesterday, you wouldn't be pleased with me yesterday because I had a rough afternoon and I was not in a good frame of mind and there were some swear words that came to my mind and that's just being transparent. And what that shows to me is that Kevin still has flaws in his character. That I'm still in a process of becoming. I'm not here to exalt me. I want you to know I make my blunders. But I keep my word. I keep my word. But can I tell you what's honestly probably the most defeating thing as a leader, as a pastor, is when you're wrongly accused of something. When someone attacks your character, says you did something or portrayed something. Does anybody else feel that tension in your life? Do you like to be misjudged? I realized this week in the process of all this that I don't like to be gossiped about. I don't want to be slandered. I don't want to be lied about. I don't want to be deceived. I'm not a deceiver. I believe wholeheartedly in Matthew chapter 18 that if you are in this room today online and you have a problem with Kevin Reich, come Matthew 18 principle to go, I have this offense against you so I can fix it. That's the biblical process, not for me to go behind the scenes and go, did you know can I tell you, I can't fix my character if you don't tell me your issue. And it may just be that, your issue. How many have discovered that in life, that some issues we have are just someone else's issue? They're not our issue. But just like you, I'm a work in progress. Philippians chapter 1 is, as we said it here, is that always being filled with the fruit of your salvation. I'm conscientious of going, God, I want the fruit of my salvation. And I ask you today, do you want the fruit of your salvation? Not just heaven, not just blessing, but righteous character. Charles Reed says this, sow a thought and reap an act, sow an act and you reap a habit, sow a habit and you reap a character, sow a character and you reap a destiny. I want to ask you, do you like where you're destined for? Many of us believe it's just as Christians. We're going, well, I'm a Christ follower. I believe Jesus. Therefore, I'm going to heaven. So that's my destiny. Can I tell you, there's a lot more to heaven than just the destiny. There's a thing called the judgment. There's a thing called a fire that's going to be applied to your deeds. Applied to your character. Do you like where you are today? What's the trajectory of your life? Where are you today that, that you've sowed and are now reaping, whether that's good or bad? Or do you like everything about your life? As you step back and you look at your life, your life is a product of what you sowed yesterday. So if you don't like what it is, change what you're sowing. If you like what it is, keep on sowing. What you sow, you reap. God cares about our character, and so must we care about our character. And today I want to talk about th four things really quickly. Four things about character. We've been in this process of pursuing and protecting and promoting each of these traits, and I want to teach you how to pursue character, protect your character, promote your character, and then we're going to have one final little point to, to send it home. But character defines, the who defines the do. Number one, your character is built. Your character is built, and how it is built is determined by how you pursue that character. How you follow after that character. Character is not built overnight. It's a gradual process that requires intentional effort. Just like a sturdy house needs a strong foundation, our lives require a strong foundation. 
for your life to amount in character, it's got to be built on the right foundation. And today as a pastor, as a believer in God's word, I'm saying Jesus Christ has to be the foundation. That's just assumed. You have to have him as your foundation. John Maxwell says this, character is made in small moments of our lives. Anytime you break a moral principle, you create a small crack in the foundation of your integrity. Can you look back in your life and see a crack that you created in your integrity by a behavior? Honesty today? Can you look back in your life on the other side and go, no, I built a stronger pillar in my life because of a decision I made. Not only is it in the negative, it's in the positive. So when you make a negative, it produces a crack. When you, when you do the positive, you're building a stronger foundation. You're building a stronger pillar. Every time you make a decision, whether right or wrong, your life is going to develop in that way. John Maxwell goes on with this, and he says, and when time gets tough, it becomes harder to act with integrity, not easier. How many know that when you are put under fire, how you have lived your life is how you're going to respond. So oftentimes we're saying, well, when I, when I get put in that circumstance, then I will develop character. Eh, wrong answer. You begin to develop character now. You begin to make small decisions now. You begin to love now. You begin to serve now. You re- begin to respond to texts now. You begin to return phone calls now. You begin to give now. You begin to serve now. You begin to do it now because when the fire comes, it's going to be too late. Character isn't created in a crisis. It only comes to light in a crisis. Can I tell you, crisis hits us. Crisis will come. If you've not experienced crisis, you will experience crisis. If you lived through 2020 COVID and 2021, you encountered crisis. We step back and we go, look what COVID did to the church. Look what COVID did to society. Look what COVID did to our life. And I'm going to go, wrong. Look what COVID revealed about society. Look what COVID revealed about the church. Look what COVID revealed about your soul. Can I tell you, we can come back and we can make accusations and defend. No, it begins with all the small things. Great character is made up of doing the small things in the right way every single day of your life. And over a lifetime, these lead, uh, this leads you to a big things that really matter in a way that pleases God. When I talk about building your character, it's this statement right here. It's your small decisions day in and day out when you don't feel like it, when you feel tired, when you feel soulful, when you feel spiritual, when you don't. Can I tell you today, it's not 37 years of marriage to my wife because I'm just going, going along with the flow. It's waking up every single morning going, I love my wife. I may not feel it today. How many, no, I'm being honest. There's moments she wakes up in the morning going, ugh, I married to him. What did I do? It's choosing No, I love you today, I loved you then, and I'm going to love you tomorrow. No, I'm going to walk in integrity with you today, and I did yesterday, and I'm going to do it tomorrow. And eventually, if God tarries, we're going to be one of those people that have been married for 75 years, living on this planet, and you guys are going to be celebrating us. And they're going to go, how did you stay together so long? And Ron is going... I put a bag over his head. No, I, 
Second Peter says this about our character. How do we build our character? Oftentimes we come and go, well, I'm honest. I'm just an honest person. Is honesty enough? First, second Peter, I got to get my rear going. I'm preaching too long. But also for, Peter says this, but also for this very reason, giving all diligence. Everyone say diligence. Add to your faith. Can I tell you, faith is foundational. Faith is our belief system. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. And Peter's coming along with, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, and he says, giving all diligence, add it to your faith. What? You mean faith isn't enough? Peter goes, add to your faith, virtue, which is moral, morality, which is integrity, which is honesty. Add to your faith, virtue, to your virtue, knowledge, to your knowledge, self-control, to your self-control, perseverance, to your perseverance, godliness, godliness, to godliness, brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness, love. I love this. And it goes on, Peter says, for in all these things are yours, if all these things are yours and, and abound, means that we're in pursuit of, we're building, then our lives will be productive. They're going to be useful. Verse 9 tells you this, though, but if you fail to develop in this way, can I tell you, we're presented with a choice in how we're going to build today. And character honesty is not enough. We've got to add to it virtue. We've got to, faith is not enough. We've got to add to it. We've got to add knowledge, which is this wisdom and action. We've got to add self-control and remove impulsiveness from our life. We've got to add perseverance, sticking it out. We've got to add godliness, which is this inner character and fiber towards God. We've got to add brotherly kindness, which means that when we come to church on Sundays and when we're dealing with one another throughout the week, we actually are kind to one another and love one another. And then he tops it all off with this thing called agape love. Keep on adding. Peter gives us this recipe of all these things that we have to have to build our lives. Peter's much like my mom and how he cooks because he's not telling you a cup of this and a cup of that. My mom, I'm sitting with, sitting with her and she's making me cinnamon rolls, the best cinnamon rolls in the world. And she's got this recipe written down, but I'm like going, mom, how does it work? And she goes, well, you know, it, it's just a little of this and it's gonna feel like this and it's gonna look like this. And I'm going, wrong. <laughs> my fingertips aren't feeling what your fingertips are feeling. And she goes, and I just add a little bit more. Can I tell you what Peter's saying today? Peter's going, add and add and add. And when you begin to see Jesus, keep on adding. When you begin to look like and sound like and act like, keep on adding. Pursue and build character. Number two, character is revealed. Protect your character. David McClendon says, character is a pedestal that determines how much weight a person can sustain. If your character is the size of a toothpick, you can only sustain a postage stamp. If your character is as thick as a column, you can sustain a roof. Can I tell you today, is your life crumbling? Did your life begin to crumble in COVID? Can I tell you, my life began to crumble in COVID in areas. It wasn't, it wasn't revealing what COVID, it wasn't COVID did it to me, it revealed where I was crumbly. It's where my pillar was not strong. In the middle of cancer, my wife suffering cancer, can I tell you, my, it revealed where my faith was and where my faith wasn't. In the midst of betrayal, in the midst of, in the midst of deceit, in the midst of all these things, can I tell you that the trials come and they're not there to, to, they're not there to go, uh, let's develop character even though they help. They reveal what's wrong with character. 
Our character is revealed in how we respond to challenges. We need to protect our character. Good character takes a lifetime to build and a moment to destroy. Protect your character. God helps us, but he expects us to do our part by making right choices. Protect your character. A song by Casting Crown, Slow Fade, years ago. I love this. It says, be careful, little eyes, what you see. It's a second glance that ties your hands. As darkness pulls the strings, be careful, little feet, where you go. It's a slow fade when you give yourself away. It's a slow fade when black and white have turned to gray. And thoughts invade, choices made. A price will be paid when you give yourself away. People never crumble in a day. It's a slow fade. Be careful, little ears, what you hear. When flattery leads to compromise, the end is always near. Be careful, little lips, what you say. For empty words and promises lead broken hearts astray. The journey from your mind to your hands is shorter than you are thinking. Be careful if you think you stand. You just might be sinking. A price will be paid when you give yourself away. People never crumble in a day. Can I tell you, it's moment by moment by moment, decision by decision. Are you protecting your character? Are you guiding, guarding your character? Romans chapter 5 says this, Paul says, we, we can rejoice. Everyone say rejoice. rejoice. You can say rejoice now and then you read the verse and you're like going, what are you talking about? We can rejoice too that when we run into problems and trials, woohoo, <laughs> for we all know that they help us develop endurance, and endurance develops strength of character. And character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. I don't have time to unpack this verse like I wanted to, but I can tell you, go unpack it, go listen to it, go read it. When you run into problems and trials, they're going to reveal where the weakness is. And where you need to step back in is going, God, I got to build my character I got to add I got to add to my faith more moral character, more virtue. I've got to add to my virtue more knowledge and more kindness and all these things. Number 3, character has an impact. We pursue it, we protect it. We need to promote it. Our character has an impact. Our character not only shapes our lives, but it also impacts the lives of those around us. Can I tell you in a world that celebrates and glorifies self-achievements, we as Christians need to be celebrating people of character. Rather than gifts, I'm not saying let's hide the gifts, but can I tell you, rather than exalting all these gifted individuals, what about these people of character that are just holding fast? What about the people that have persevered and endured? What about the people that have just stayed faithful? Proverbs 22.1 says this, a good name is desirable more than great riches. To be esteemed is better than silver or gold. Can I tell you, this passage of scripture is so contradictory to our culture. We're like going, who cares about a good name? Give me riches. I don't care how, I don't care if I lose my good name. Give me wealth. Let me step on some people to get to the top. It doesn't matter about my character. I just want the money. I want to tell you the Proverbs, Solomon here is saying a good name is more desirable than great riches. How you live your life is impacting somebody else. Our actions driven by our character can inspire and uplift others or the very opposite. It can demoralize and tear down. 
Character can inspire and motivate others to be a better version of themselves. Character can build trust with others. Character has the ability to influence those around you. How many have had someone of high character in your life that has influenced your life to be like them? To be, I should say, be more like Jesus. Your character provides a moral compass that, provide, that ushers your ethical choices into life that actually encourages someone else to take ethical choice, make an ethical, ethical choice. Have you noticed that on the job? Have you noticed that in culture, that if you stand for right, there's more apt for someone else to step up and go, no, I'm going to stand for right. Someone else's character can challenge personal growth in your life or yours in theirs. Can I just tell you, all in all, character is going to better society. Being a people of character, that we are pursuing this fruit of righteousness. Lastly today, people pursue, we, we're pursuing character. We want to protect character. We want to promote character. But I want to tell you today, if you're a believer, or a follower of Christ, you are going to have a perspective of character. Character is going to have a perspective in your life. There's going to be this particular perspective, a particular view that's going to change how you live. It's not just something that we're trying to acquire. It's not something that we're just trying to run after. It's something that we see in the distance that we're working towards. This perspective isn't just a temporary someone patting you on the back and saying, thank you for being honest. This impact is an eternal impact. Paul writes in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, basically this concept of where worldly achievements are going to fade. Everything that you have on this planet is going to fade. Everything that you have laid up in store for your children is going to fade. When, you, when it's time for you to go, you're not taking it with you. When everything that you have lived for on this planet, at that moment that you step from this life into the next life, it's all going to fade away. You're not even going to be thinking about it, to be honest with me, to be honest with you. What you spend so much time thinking on right now is not even going to be an afterthought then. Paul writes in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, he says, anyone who builds on that foundation, that foundation he's talking is the foundation of Jesus Christ. Anyone who builds on that foundation, let me ask you today, how many are building on Jesus today? How many are building on Jesus today? You may not, you may not be doing it the best, but you're he's saying, hey, I'm building I'm building. Anyone who builds on that foundation may use a variety of materials. Gold, silver, jewels, wood, hay, or straw. But on the judgment day, fire will reveal what kind of work each builder has done. The fire will show if a person's work has any value. If the work survives, that builder will receive a reward. But if the work is burned, that, that builder will suffer a great loss. Today I step back and I evaluate my life. I have to evaluate my life. You need to evaluate your life. It's not just about getting to heaven. It's not just about faith. It's not just believing that Jesus exists and he saves me. It's how am I building my life? Am I building them after the principles of God? Am I building my life that is reflective of him? Am I allowing his righteous character to be the fruit of my salvation? Our character determines the quality of our work. Our character will be measured as part of our legacy. Today, people are going to remember you for something. 
Your life has impacted them for good or for bad, hopefully for good. Your life has impacted people. But can I tell you, the greatest legacy that you leave is when you stand before Jesus and the fire is set to the character of who you are. And is it consumed or does it stand strong? Today, in our culture, in our society, there's so many things that are coming our ways and bombarding us. So many things that we could compromise in, so many things that we could do a half-truth with, that we could compromise and just get by with and behind the scenes go, God, hey, you know, forgive me of. I want to challenge you this morning. Would you allow this core value to become fiber in your life? To come to a place of going, I want to please him. I want to become all that he wants me to be. Not what the world says, but what he wants. Who are you becoming? I've been drawn up short this week in my preparation of this sermon. We're in a way that I want you to hear this in context. I don't even know if I can communicate it clearly, but I felt like I was supposed to share it this morning. We're in a way I had made an idol out of my character. which was placed before God. That I had to protect my character, that I had to do everything that I could to make sure. I'm not wanting to compromise my character. Don't hear me, hear me that way. But what I did was I had it out of perspective in the sense that I was not doing it all for God. I was doing it for my character. I was doing it for my reputation. What did people think about me rather than God? I want you to be able to put a fire to my life and I want it to prove true what, you're, what, what I've made it out of. So what do we need to do? You need to evaluate your life, evaluate your heart, but I wanna close with this passage of scripture. Proverbs chapter four, verse 23. It's a passage of scripture that's all about character. We've never read, I've never read it this way until this week. It says, above all else, guard your heart. Everyone say, guard your heart. For everything you do flows from it. It goes on in verse 24. For, uh, keep your mouth free from perversity. Keep corrupt talk far from your lips. Let your eyes look straight ahead. Fix your gaze directly before you. Give careful thought to the paths for your feet and be steadfast in all your ways. Do not turn to the right or to the left, but keep your foot from evil. Can I tell you today how you guard your heart? Is how is you have to guard what comes out of your mouth. You have to guard what goes in your eyes. You have to guard what you think about. If you guard where you go, that's going to keep you on the straight and narrow. That's going to keep your character. That's how you guard your character today. If you're talking the wrong things, can I tell you what a perfect song today. I'm going to, come on my soul, come on my soul. I'm going to praise the Lord. Rather than getting obsessed with all the other things that we want to share and say and dwell on, what would happen if we would just shift to go, no God, I'm going to praise you. I'm going to think on what you've done. I'm going to go do what you want me to do. I'm going to look at what you, what you approve. 
Can I tell you, it's going to preempt a lot of things in our lives. Today, if you're challenged by this message, would you stand to your feet and lift your hands to heaven? God, across this room, we are a people who are in desperate need of you. We're desperately grateful for you, who you are. But we are in desperate need of you in our lives. God, character is not something that Kevin can develop on his own. It's not something that each of us can do on our own. We need the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives to empower us to be different. And God, today, we invite you into our lives. We want to set up, we want to set up the guardrails to guard our hearts and our minds. God, we want to guard our lives. We want to be people of character. We want to honor you. God, if there's character areas and character flaws in our lives, which there are across this room, we all have them. Would you just take a moment and confess them to him? God, right at this moment, we confess. We confess these areas of weakness. Label them. Speak them out in your mind. Would you do that today? Just right now, just begin to go through those areas that you know are there. Areas that you struggle with, areas that there's flaws and character struggles. God, today we come and we confess these to you. We recognize them. And God, in our own lives, we also know that there are so many others that we are completely unaware of. Holy Spirit, would you reveal them to us? Empower us to be the men and women that you've called us to be. Help us to be in pursuit of righteous character, the fruit of our salvation. As we pursue you, God, as our lives are changed by you, may they, may they incorporate these character traits that glorify you. And God, we thank you for it now. And everyone said, amen and amen. If you're here and you need prayer, our prayer team is coming right now to pray with you. Maybe it was over a character trait. Maybe it's over a situation. Would you let them surround you and pray with you today? God bless you. Go on and sign up for Connect Groups. Look ahead and see all that's happening. So glad that you're here this morning. Have an amazing blessed day and we'll see you next Sunday. Here at Relevant Life Church, it's our mission to see people connect with God, relate to one another, and reach our world. This single statement drives everything we do as a church. Our hope is that today you were encouraged in this. Thank you for joining us and have a blessed day.